Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Around the Payload. We are here with Season 2, Episode 1 of the Definitely Real and Not Fake Overwatch News Game <laughs> Show. I am your host, Oblivions. <laughs> of course, Around the Payload is a High Noon production. Thanks, everyone, for coming by. Uh, we got a great show for you today. After a long, long wait, we are finally back here. But... Uh, before I introduce my illustrious guests, let me quickly go over the show because there's many uh, of you are new here in chat. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, I'm gonna we're gonna be spending about the next hour talking about all things Overwatch League, what happened this week, what's gonna be happening in the upcoming weeks, all great stuff around the Overwatch League, and I am going to be doling out the points as the all supreme leader and host of the show. You're going to hear sounds sound like this. That is not. You missing your ranked game. Don't worry, you, you'll, you're still able to play goats in ranked. Don't worry. Uh, that is me doling out the points. <laughs> We've got three rounds, and at the end of three rounds, the top two placing guests are going to go on to that final question where one will be deemed the winner and get one of those illustrious crowns that we see next to Valmel and Mushubi. But without further ado, let's go around the payload and introduce my great guests. Host number one, right up at the top, we got the one and only, the savior of podcasts, Blazing Bob. <laughs> hey, 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 thank you for having me back. It is, uh, it's nice to be. I was on the pilot ep- episode, yes. and now I'm on the first episode of season two. Yes, I'm excited. You're the opener, man. You're the you're the starter. Yeah, the starting pitcher. Yes. Up next, we got Mushu B, founder and CEO of that. You know that little thing where it does all that, uh, all the tier two casting, broadcast GG. That's him. That's him. Thank you, thank you, thanks for having me on again. Oh, I'm welcome to go two for two. Ooh. Um, wait, what's, who was who was messing up with their math before? I forget. I I think it was okay. Anyways, um, no, I'm welcome to go 100% win rate. I'm going to continue keeping that. I'm going to try to take away that crown from Volumel because I want to. Well, just just for reference, you don't steal crowns from people, but maybe that will be maybe that'll be a season three gimmick. Who knows? Up next, <laughs> we have the one and only Monkey Prince. That's the guy who uh, High Noon Podcast Discord. I'm sure if you're in that Discord, you know Monkey Prince. He's posting every bit of news. I think he's somehow posting news before it happens, but I cannot confirm or deny that. Monkey Prince, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. And last, certainly not least, the man who always comes in. Whenever I shine that illustrious bat signal above the, the city of Gotham for, of Overwatch League, <laughs> the one and only Volamel. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. But let's jump in. We got a great we got a great amount to talk about, so let's jump right in to round number one. Round one. Capture the objective. A lot of stuff happened. This week in Overwatch League, I guess we're going to be talking about a lot of upsets, a lot of uh, big performances, uh, a lot of small performances as well. But, Bob, we'll start it off with you. Real easy question here. What was the biggest surprise of the week for you? Well, I would have to say the biggest surprise of the week was just the fact that the the expansion teams hit the ground running. I mean, they hit it hard and fast, as Bradigan would would say, Bradigan's Law. But... I did not expect, I I believe it's like six of the top eight teams are are expansion teams. And I know know Volumel knew this was going to happen, but I had no clue. 
but but thinking about it back, I guess there's a lot of team uh, team 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 footage of the old teams that the new teams could really ingest, and the only new team that really has like like you know footage that would actually matter is Van is Vancouver, mm-hmm. but. That was the biggest surprise for me. That and uh, Torbjorn. <laughs> <laughs> Finally seeing a little bit of Torbjorn early, but I'm sure we're going to be talking about that as the show goes on. Mushu, you were there live at the What's Blizzard up? Arena. What was yes, the biggest sir. surprise for you? Uh, oh, biggest surprise for me. Um, you know, I, I was going to go along with what Bob said, too. I think the the uh, the new teams coming in uh, hot were, was really surprising, so... You know, especially uh, my boys, Toronto, oh, there. Oh, oh look man, at trying, like just trying to feed, oh, just go. trying to feed, get points. And it's okay, working. Okay, no. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so I'm waiting all day. Uh, I even faked you guys. I was like, I know you. We're literally um, talking about that just uh, right before the show. And yeah, I was telling yeah, Levin's how to yeah. do it. The elaborate long control is definitely worth <laughs> oh, a couple of bonus yeah. points. So. Oh, man. Dude, like, I've been having anxiety, like, having to hold that in. All right. But back to your question, I think the big surprises, too. I mean, uh, if I'm going to deviate from what Bob said, uh, Boston. Of mm. course. Uh, are we surprised that we're surprised? I think yes. But I think of next year, we're surprised that we're surprised again. I think we shouldn't be surprised at that point. Uh, Fusion's coming in, and they. I think the Houston matchup was uh, was such a cool series because it was a. We didn't really know. Like, I don't know. I still have questions for where Houston's at. I'm not convinced that they're actually uh, as bad as some people think. Uh, because what I you see, I saw Boston change over time. It was like they had mis- clear mistakes that was happening with the team, especially with just how they were uh, just being, they're pulling themselves apart as a team and not working as a unit. But then by map four and five, they really um, fixed that up. And that's why they won the series through too. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, Boston within that realm of like, um, you know, expectations of the teams coming in here, Boston's definitely on the lower side. Mm-hmm. And I think they really proved us wrong. I just realized that you're not actually in. That's not your room in the background, is it? That's that's just a. Yeah, room. dude, it was the I'm long so, time. I didn't I'm realize so bamboozled right now. <laughs> I'm actually in High Noon Studios right now. Oh my god! I actually, uh, I'm sorry. I'm just hanging. I'm chilling with my boy Bob here. God, I, I need. I'm. 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 I need to move on here because I'm. My mind is blown right now, Monkey Prince. What was the biggest surprise for you this week? I think the biggest surprise for me was like the Dallas Fuels bounce back because like going into this like Dallas Fuels is a team that is famous for like their poor mentality, their issues in season one of like internal issues and conflict and all of that, right? So we get to the first game, it's against Shock, they get destroyed like 4-0. Even watching the game, which is like they're losing every fight, like they're just getting absolutely dominated. And so then like going into Sunday, you have the game against Seoul. We're like it's gonna be an easy game for Seoul. They should be better. Dallas looked terrible. Uh, you know, and that like that also has got to hurt them mentally, and then you just completely prove everyone wrong. They take it three one, looked good while doing it, and just like completely you know sort of stopped ex- you know exceeded expectations. And I think that's very um, good if you're a Dallas fan because it shows that even if you go through tough times, even if you face these difficulties, you've shown that you have the ability to bounce back, you have the ability mm-hmm. to keep on pushing forward. You play your game, you don't get uh, phased. So I think that was like one of the biggest surprises for me. Yeah, Dallas not completely crumbling after getting demolished is, it was certainly a surprise for me as well. Volamel, last words here. What was your biggest surprise for this opening week of Season 2? I think everybody is um, 
put forward some amazing answers uh, that, that have all been on my short list. I think the Gladiators Dallas comeback story has been very important. I think Fusions being a vocal leader on the Boston Uprising is, you know, very understated. I think people were kind of sleeping on myself included, even though I've I've, uh, I've I've heard some things about them and, and they're all incredibly positive. But uh, what came as a shocker to me was the LA Valiant playing Kuki as their Lucio player ah. in, in late into uh, week one. Um, they looked okay. I do think there is a lot of um, worry there for Valiant fans, especially for stage one, if they're going to continue playing him and Kareev in this strange kind of flux, you know, weird flex pick where they're, they're bopping them back and forth. Is Kareev going to stay on you know, DPS, is he going to move to support? Is Kuki, you know, where, where, where are we going to do with him? If he is kind of committed, if they are committed in putting him as a support player and, and making him the GOATS caller, the GOATS leader, um, I think they have a lot of room to grow into, and I think that they could reach new peaks. I think they actually could do very, very well just from, you know, the, the one moment, the one time that we saw them play. Um, but stage one is going to be a little bit of a, a work in progress for them. So uh, mm -hmm. definitely a surprise. And uh, yeah, my biggest pick uh, for the biggest surprise in week one. All very good answers. Uh, I Man, I... Uh... I liked them all. I, I just need to stop. I just need to put my hand up and stop looking at Lucius' background because it's, it's, I'm getting bamboozled every time. Let's move on to question. I was we seriously bamboozled got, we, for we like bamboozled. A, a straight 30 minutes thinking he was in front of his, his bed. My perfect, my perfect bedroom. <laughs> yeah, like, man, straight from an Ikea you're, magazine. You're like, really? yeah. Oh, my God, man. <laughs> So good. All right, let's move on here to question number two, still in round one. We'll start with you, Mushu. We talked about biggest surprises Ooh. overall, but what about mm. players, specific players here? Any mm. Anyone really stick out in, stick out in your mind mm. for this week? Um, this one's a tough one. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's, it's – okay. I'm not going to talk too much on Defran. Just the fact that other than – you know what? You know I'm gonna kick it off because then I'm gonna make it harder for all y'alls to, to answer things. Lucius <laughs> so, is really um, like shooting the corners here. He's really played cutthroat around the payload. I love it. <laughs> so Defran coming in, still performing to what I still felt like was a very high level. I think some of his. Um, I really wish that I would love to see more POV of his tracer versus EQO Brig line uh, that matchup because he. Like in one of those moments when it looked like Atlanta could have won, I saw that he was like the first person to get killed. So he, there was something there. But other than that, like, there was, he was definitely not a weak point on this roster, right? And Atlanta in general looked really good. So I think Defran, with all the hype coming into it, and if you guys are in the arena, I hope you heard it on broadcast at home too. Uh, there was like, let's go, dude, like chance going on. <laughs> Whenever he, he just let's walks go, out, dude. <laughs> gets the biggest ovation of anyone in Overwatch League so far, other than maybe Siegel. Like, I can't think of anyone else that would have gotten XQC, probably equivalent to XQC, honestly. Mm -hmm. So him, given all that pressure and given the love from the crowd and all the energy that people, like everyone, or so many people were cheering for Atlanta Reign at that time. So him still being able to perform uh, at that level, I was very surprised for sure. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned wanting to see more of the uh, POV of uh, Defran. If you buy your all-access pass for only fifteen dollars, you can watch the POV of Defran all you want in the uh, 
uh, the command center of Overwatch League. Hashtag not an ad. I don't know why I just yeah, gave I was going to say, you got an affiliate code? No, I don't. On, but, uh, you know, I felt like uh, just, just warm. I'm just, I'm, I'm just warming myself up. Just keep buttering those oh, biscuits. I'm getting, I'm getting right, a call right. from Blizzard right now. They, want, they said they want to talk about hiring. Uh, <laughs> talk about shutting down the stream? What's up? Yeah. Oh, no, no they're talking about uh, hiring me because I sold out perfectly. Oh, there uh, you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Monkey Prince, which, uh, which player stood out to you this week? I think a standout, especially since you didn't necessarily have the highest expectation coming in, was Hip, uh, Paris Eternal. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Paris Eternal, like looking at it, had a couple like sort of potential weak spots. I think Flexport was might maybe one of them. Like I was probably slightly higher on Hip the most, mostly because I remember like Evo Gaming and like the like EU casters really um mm-hmm. you know hyping him up, <laughs> hype Hip, um you know <laughs> as as a especially in the Goats meta. But like going in, like he played extremely well, like. He mechanically he was good. Like positionally, he stayed pretty safe. You know, didn't take any too many risks. His trans usage was very good in goats, which we saw a lot of Zens have trouble with. I think. Um, like the only issue we really saw with his play is like potentially dealing with Sombra, but that looked like an issue more with the team as a whole rather than him specifically. So, so especially in like terms of like uh, what people a lot of people expected and what a lot of you know what he actually ended up being, he was a big uh, performer in week one, and I'm mm-hmm. excited to see what he does. Uh, you know, in the future. Yeah, that that's a really good that's a uh, a really good one. I agree with a lot of uh, what you said there. Even though I, you know, man, I just was not I was not high on uh, Paris at all, and they really showed me something. They, I'm getting the finger point, but they're really showing me something. My mind has been opened. I'm 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 fine admitting I was wrong. Volamel, what do you got to say? Who impressed you this week? I think I can kind of unpack this a couple different ways. Um... If if I have to limit it to one person, um, there there are just so many. Um, but I think you know for the first half of the week, it was a lot of the flex tanks showing the versatility that we we have been kind of seeing on the outskirts of you know the postseason. You know how important it is for these diva players to be able to play other things. How important it is that they can play the Zarya. How is important that they can play the Sombra, the Tracer. You know all these other flex specs. We saw that in the beginning of the week. Towards the end of the week, it was very much a Lucio centric game. You saw Lucio's really pairing well with their team. You know. Doing, uh, Yiska calls it the Batman, where he swoops in and, and boops people upwards, mm-hmm. and, and they look for some sort of play off of that, um, specifically with the Rhine and the Brig. Um, but if I had to name just one person, I think Architect, uh, throughout my time watching him, has always just consistently surprised me. Um, he started off as probably within the top three Genjis in the world, arguably, you know, um, within that realm, you know, with Who Are You and Hawksall. Then he moved to the Overwatch League and proved that he can play very uh, aim-dominant heroes. A lot of that hit-scan potential, you know, with McCree and Widowmaker, um, you know, he can play those to a high degree. And now he's proven that he can play support at a decent level. I don't know what this kid can't do. Um, Chef Heidi, you better watch out. Architect uh, cooking stream incoming. I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) At this point, I wouldn't be shocked if he's actually a PhD in theoretical physics and has a painting background. Shocked. Man, that would be... You like that? That would be crazy. Bob, last one here. Who stood out to you this week? Well... I could go for the easy answers and be like, oh, Sinatra, Dante, like, you know, they killed it on, uh, on, uh, I just blanked on Zarya's name. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, but, like, I'm actually going to go with Aim, Aim God. In a week that Jonak did 
look like Jonak. Aim God looked like Jonak, and I mean was was one v oneing a lot of people in a lot of different instances. I mean, the guy really came through and really looks like he understands how to play with the goats meta, whereas Jonak looked like he was a little out of sorts. So I'm gonna have to go with aim with aim God, and I think that's a big reason. Along with fusions, why Boston had a lot of six, uh, a lot of success this first week. Yeah, man, Aim God was actually uh, was was kind of my secret pick for this uh, category because he he basically single handedly won my uh, fantasy round this week. I know, like, dude, he popped off, man. He, he popped off. Him and Aid, man, Aid out of nowhere. My my like troll pick just came out of nowhere. Love it. <laughs> uh, hey, let's move on to this last question in round number one. A lot of expectations for Overwatch League this year. A lot of new money put in, obviously, with the new teams. All this uh, expectation, infrastructure, all that good stuff. Real general question here. Take it how you will, but we'll start with you, Monkey Prince. What does Overwatch League need to accomplish this year? Uh, I think Overwatch League needs to like um, make us competent in their goal. By that, I mean the regionality, the home arenas, like that whole idea. Um, you know, by confident, I mean like that the audience needs to believe in it, the investors need to believe in it, like everyone has to buy into that system. And so, like this uh, season, we're having the uh, the home weekends. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have Dallas, Atlanta, and Valiant are each hosting their own um, like weekend in their own arena. Mm-hmm. And so, that'll be like the big test of like how many fans are going to show up, how good is the production now that they have to move to a different arena. You know, how do the players handle being in a different area, right? And they have to show like, this is just like just a tiny bit of what we imagine it's going to be you know in season three right it's only like three weekends like over three stages where we imagine in season three it's going to be much grander scale mm-hmm. so like if they they have to pull this off in order to give us confidence because if they don't then like how are they going to succeed with the bigger scale so i think there has to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of eyes on those home weekends and i think they have succeed, uh, succeeded those mm. Really good point there. Valmel, what do you think? What does Overwatch League need to accomplish in this second season? So I do, I, I, I do want to kind of highlight uh, what Monkey Prince said because I think it's something that not a lot of people are, are really focused on. You know, I think we're all caught up in the Season 2 hype train and it's France here and there's Torb and Symmetra was picked. All 29 heroes, baby. It's very, very interesting. But this is where Overwatch League really gets it right. Yes, I, I do think that the home games are the most vital thing, but I think there's a couple different ways that... Overwatch League can kind of increase interest. And we'll get into this in, in a later question, you know, spoilers for uh, all you audio listeners. We'll, we'll, we'll dive a little bit further into this. But I think interest is variable, right? It's on a spectrum, and viewers don't know exactly what they want. But what we've seen throughout traditional sports, what we've seen throughout, you know, um, you know, eons and eons and ages of, of just uh, content throughout the years is, is drama. We need to create hype. We need to create a reason for these people to come back and want to spend money and want to, you know, ce- celebrate the Houston Outlaws players because they're so fun and entertaining. You know, there's a reason why they've they've been so there. They are so beloved and, you know, Dallas are so beloved and the Spark are, are becoming one of those beloved teams and the Dragons. Are, we need that to be a league thing. We need that to be the reason why people come back we need to create the drama so every stage playoffs i I want like big hype videos i want like the stories and the drama you know very similar to you know all the dallas fuel fans out there um (laughs) some of what the dallas fuel made you know having these these kind of 
a little bit manufactured interviews with players, a little scripted, but those are put behind some very, you know, scenery, very uh, photogenic kind of uh, poses and walkthroughs, like just increasing the level of hype, getting people mm-hmm. excited for these important moments, I think is, is going to be what Owl needs to accomplish this season in particular, creating that hype. Mm, def- definitely agree with you there. Bob, what do you think? What is what is What does Owl need to be successful for this season? I don't know. I think you, uh, I think you set this up on purpose. I go after, I go after Volabel and his shirt just like keeps like changing. (laughs) And like, it's like one of those things where you turn it different lights and it does different things, but it's definitely throwing me off. No, (laughs) I would have to say that I, I mean, my, my answer was also going to, to be the, the home games are key and they are going to have to pop off. But I will take a different answer because that answer has already been just completely killed. So I will go with what Overwatch League needs to do this year is they need to get people who don't play Overwatch to watch Overwatch mm-hmm. League. That will be huge. Once that starts to happen, then all of a sudden it goes from this big ease this big ease sport to a global phenomenon and that's what what we need i think they're on the right path with having it on tv but i think that's what we need the most we need to get commercials out during different things that might be be this be you know kind of similar to an ease sport we need to get we need to get the word of, about the league out and that's mm-hmm. what i think is the second most important thing that we need to do this year. Mm, definitely, definitely a really good answer there. Mushu, last words here. What does Owl need this to do this? With- yeah. Owl, um, they need to... Uh... I was wondering what you were going to do this time. <laughs> you know, I, no, I want to... <laughs> I mean, I think the sponsorships, it's... it's uh, we're we're going to be real. I'll leave that up. You know, why not? Um... I was thinking about this as I was searching for an image to, <laughs> to find. Um, I was like, yeah, I mean, they're getting legit um, sponsors that everyone would have heard of, right? And and so this is something they've already done, so I'll, only, I'll spend only a tiny bit of time on it, is that getting uh, sponsors is something that, especially non-endemic sponsors, so um, sponsors that are coming from outside of gaming, legitimizes whatever you're doing, right? So I don't care what the deal is, and hopefully they keep it under wraps, right? That's for Overwatch League to know and, and Coca-Cola to know or State Farm to know. But bringing in these brands and these um, companies that are outside of gaming where they're uh, assu- assuming that they're contributing a large amount of money mm-hmm. to get this sponsorship and for like Toyota to return too, like that is a really huge step, right? But I, I think uh, the... Uh, so yeah, that's just one thing in, in terms of the sponsorship. Um, so I like what Monkey Prince and Volmel uh, talked about too. Is where we talked about the home games, but and then I think going into what um, uh, what Bob was talking about was the getting people to watch it. So I think I want to go a bit more onto that point. Is this is my real this is my real answer uh, now that I've milked out all the other pander points for my changing background? <laughs> is that um, yeah for audio listeners, I have Coca Cola behind me. There's this, this, this image of Coca-Cola, two liters, just going off into the distance. Um, is for that TV audience, I think the viewer, the viewability of the game needs to be improved. I'm, mm. As someone who has watched 
thousands of hours of Overwatch and tried to do production for this game, um, it continues to be a game that is still difficult to watch, right? So I want to see huge steps in not only getting the broadcast in a from a run of show standpoint, like you can get a minute and a half of commercials here, you get a three minute commercial over there, right? And making it ready for TV, what actually you see on TV and for what people are watching, it needs to be easier to watch. And so I think it comes down to the observing. It comes down to the the education videos. It comes down to the line of scrimmage, right? Like the yellow box, is it that clear? Like we get it, mm-hmm. but how do we make it? How do we make it so that the visual tools are there to where someone could watch it and be like, all right, I pretty much know what's going on. And the commentary on top of that, like, all right, got it. I'm golden. So like, can I just interject there? Yes. Like, do you, do you think that... The half the halftime show has improved tremendously from last year, where they talk at a desk to now where they do the whole weather cast and show you what happened and and like break it down so in the future you might understand it better. I think those are designed to be entertaining and to educate. Entertain first and educate second, mm-hmm. which is exactly what I think they need to do. Mm-hmm. So cool. it's a format that can open up into lots of opportunities later on. Yeah, and a quick point on those, like, I think even if maybe, you know, depending on what they're going for, maybe those segments do work out better or don't work out better. I'm just glad that they're trying new things, like, get get, get things out there, throw some spaghetti yeah, at the I thought they were great. I, th- I thought they were definite improvement from what we had last year. For sure, yeah. Definitely definitely liked the uh, up to production for this uh, season so far. But that's going to be the end of round number one. Let's recap the scores before we move on. We've got uh, a close one here. We've actually got uh, two two-way ties. <laughs> We've got Valmel and Monkey Prince with 24 points. Mushu and or sorry, we've got actually a three-way tie. We've got Valmel, Monkey Prince, and Bob with 24 points, and Mushu just a slightly above with 26 points. It's still, I mean, it's a close one as, as I like game. to say. It. It's anyway, hey, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't appreciate this patronizing. We actually. Oh, I'm sorry. Mushu's actually only at 25 <laughs> points. Sorry. Uh, we, uh, it's even closer now. Actually, you know what? It's a four-way tie for first. Everyone's got 24 <laughs> points at oh, the yeah. end of this. So it's still anyone's game. It's like this first round didn't happen. Let's move on to round number I'm going to lay on my bed back there. And... I'm going to take points away yeah, from the sound guy. It. There we go. All right. <laughs> uh, okay, so we saw the schedule... <laughs> Play Overwatch League go from a grind of 40 games down to 28 uh, for each team. I'm wondering, Valmo, we'll start with you. How is this going to affect the league? How is this going to affect the divisions? Is this lowering of the games going to actually have a a separation between uh, the divisions? And is it going to change anything from the 40-game season? I think it has the potential to. Um, I I don't – I'm not of the school of thought that it will definitely. I think it lessens the burden of – expectation if that makes sense um for for 40 games you're expected to show up and practice for all 40 games and try to prepare for all 40 games um which is uh kind of unreasonable but for 28 games you can still put in the same amount of work it's just down to the team you know now they have the choice of whether or not they want to do that do they want to put in the same work they did last season for you know a a variable amount of success or do we you know recuperate the players let them rest you know let them you know extend their life cycle which is incredibly important which the overwatch league has um 
touted as one of their pillars of you know what makes this esport different from the others is that the massive off season, how much the players can rest, how how much we support the players, at least the the league as as a you know a concept. Um, so yeah, I do think there's going to be changes in terms of you know how consistent teams are, how consistent they can be, um, but I I don't think it's a definite change. I think it's completely down to the teams and how they uh, view practice and and all that jazz. So. Mm-hmm. Definite, no possibility. Yes. Gotcha, gotcha. Bob, what do you think? Is this uh, shift from forty down to twenty-eight games going to be a big uh, factor for these teams? I th- I think this, along with the longer breaks, is going to do is going to go leaps and and bounds for the mental health of the players. The first season was tough on the majority of them not even just players casters got hired out everybody got burnt out it was just too it was just too much and i i I think it's going to help but one thing we do have to think about is getting in a rut is gonna it's gonna be a lot harder to get out of of that rut Mm -hmm. but but at the same time no one's going to be able to get so far ahead that they sandbag in stage four. So that's good news for you, Blevins. It's good news uh, okay. for you. You turned, you turned it back. You turned it back around. I was going to start sandbagging might be the new uh, DeFran or XQC word uh, for this <laughs> one, but uh, we'll let it, we'll let it pass for well, now. Well, I mean, I mean, Ark kind of ad- admitted to it to Monte Cristo. Yeah, so guess what? Ark didn't play last week, so shame on him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe that was the reason. <laughs> yeah, I called up the Wilpons and was keep like, your mouth shut. "Don't let him play." <laughs> I've been I've been puppet mastering this whole thing the whole time. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good for everyone. It's gonna be it's it's gonna be a good thing, even for fans that you know used to have to catch two games a week. People are busy. Like maybe. Fans will be able to catch every game now because there's more. There's mm-hmm. more breaks. There's one game a week, makes it more ex- like more exciting. I mm-hmm. think it's a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Mushu, what do you think? Uh, is this how, how big of a change is this? Forty down to uh, twenty-eight. So I mean, as was already described by our lovely other hosts here, or contestants. I don't know. Are we contestants? Um, yeah, you're, so yeah, uh, it just. <laughs> The fatigue is, is, of course, uh, needs to be addressed. There is something that, um, whether whether or not people believe that 40 games is a lot or a little, doesn't matter. Across the board, people were feeling fatigued, so I'm just going to put that out there. But what it really does here is now that there's 20 teams and you have 28 games, and I believe you play everyone in your division twice, correct? I think that's correct. how the schedule... So. Yeah. yeah. So, this, so. so and this is now, we're making divisions really matter here. Right. That's that's one thing is that you got to win your you would like to win both games. But at the very least, uh, you know, we're creating the storyline now that they have redemption or are they going to end end up in a tie um, for the for the head to head. But strength of schedule is my real answer here is of how it changes it mm-hmm. is depending on how the games are picked, a.k.a. Washington Justice versus I guess they're in their division anyways, they're going to play them twice, but NYXL and then um, oh wait, Lowe's London Spitfire first. What was it this past week yeah, oh, okay. NYXL first yeah NYXL played against Washington and uh, and next Boston. week and the next week it's going to be split fire yeah. uh, right and yikes that's <laughs> I, that's that's going to be rough I mean 
uh, all things considered, it's actually probably a good way to start your season. So you you get exposed to all your your problems very quickly. Mm-hmm. But um, that's that's going to be a huge factor. Strength of schedule. Mm, definitely, definitely. Monkey Prince, last word here. How is the uh, change in schedule going to affect these Overwatch League teams? Well, what you also have to remember is that while we are decreasing the games each team plays from 40 to 28, we also have more teams, obviously, so we have now 20 teams, which means that the total number of games has increased. And so what I think that means is that um, it might change how sort of viewers in- interact with the uh, with the Overwatch League. Because mm-hmm. obviously now it's much less likely that you're going to be watching um, you know, a higher percentage of the game just because there's more footage to watch, people have other things to do. Um, and so you're just going to you know, have people watching less games. But what it does do is increases the importance of each individual game for each team. Mm-hmm. So obviously, so what that means is that, like, um, you know, especially you said cross-division, you're only facing them once. That game could be pretty massive in terms of your uh, end-of-season standings. And so now, um, like, each game is not like, well, they have to beat them because this is their only opportunity to. And then, like, or also the, uh, it can depend on when you face them. Because, like, right now, London... Like, I don't want to say they're not good, but they're definitely not the London of old, right? They're sort of middling, maybe. But, you know, if so if you're to face London now, that might be pretty good, because you might be able to, you know, do better against them. But if you face them, let's say, stage four, and all of a sudden we're in, like, Dime, Tracer, Genji, you know, like, they're bread and butter, um, then that's a massive disadvantage. Um, you know, so, like, depending on, like, when teams face each other, and, like, um, you know, or who they face twice in a week, or whether they had an off week beforehand, could, like really affect how these matchups play out and affect people's seasons. Mm. Yeah, definitely, definitely a lot of good points there. I mean, I think uh, just as a, a bow to the, the end of this uh, topic, I think it definitely shifts people more towards the like cadence as a viewer for as uh, towards the cadence that you would expect from traditional sports. If I'm a Lakers fan, maybe if I'm a diehard Lakers fan, maybe I watch every Lakers game. It, unless I'm a complete degenerate, like, or I'm getting paid to watch the games, no one is watching every single NBA game. It just doesn't make sense. And I think it's, mm-hmm. I mean, there's obviously fewer Overwatch League games in a season, but it's kind of ridiculous to expect, to like, have the expectation that someone is going to watch every single uh, you know, sporting match in a season, uh, unless you're degenerates like us who cover <laughs> who cover it. But uh, for the average viewer, I think they're gonna it's gonna make each uh, of their teams' games more impactful, and therefore, like you said, uh, more important for them. But let's move on here. We talked about it a little bit, but uh, Coke signed obviously as an exclusive soft drink of the league. We also saw some other sponsors. Uh, we saw some sponsors come back. Um, Bob, we'll start with you. How, how are these? Uh, how are these types of sponsorships going to help? You know, these obviously endemic ones that you know don't have anything necessarily to do with Overwatch League or esports. How are these? Uh, you know, big sponsors going to uh, affect the league moving forward? This is actually one that I would have loved to have gone last on because I think <laughs> no one else is thinking about this and expects y'all to be honest. And I say, well, Bob's point was my point. <laughs> <laughs> So it's all, it, I mean it's good across the, uh, across the board branding uh, marketing everything else but what we need to think about is we need home arenas and what do home or what do home ar- arenas in sports do we have the Kansas the can the Kansas City um, Sprint Center right we have all these different uh, branded home arenas. Mm-hmm. Now these different like 
sponsors could help fund mm. the arenas that all these teams need. And that's what I think we need to be looking for going into year three mm. is getting help creating the arenas for owners. Mm. That, that is a, a really good point. Uh, Mushu, I know you talked to me before the show. You said you had that same exact point as Bob, but what do you oh, – <laughs> <shut> up. <laughs> Mushu, what do, you th- what do you think these yeah. new sponsors are going to do for the league? Um, I forgot to that. I forgot to not talk about this earlier when I talked about it. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I accept this, the, the goose egg here because I think this point can be driven home. Um, is that with new sponsors, again, it legitimizes the league – uh, let's just say that I've heard discussions and talks that um, teams found it really important, or some teams uh, found it really important to get a lo- uh, get a sponsor on their jersey. Right? It's mm-hmm. it legitimizes it. Again, you're they're they are contributing. Uh, you're doing a lot of service for this brand or the sponsor by putting their logo on your on your IP on your uh, on your your jerseys and then onto the broadcast. But it offers a tremendous amount of value because it's it's validation mm-hmm. that what the league is is worth investing in for whatever amount that was, and so it's just like a uh, yeah social validation through mm-hmm. a big brand. And uh, what do you what do you tell people when you're talking about Overwatch League? For one of the first things I talk about is the how much they have to buy in on. But if you can mm-hmm. go and say like, oh yeah, we're this is a it's a league it's sponsored by Coca Cola. Like Coca Cola is doing a new activation with Overwatch League or whatever. It's a, it's a way to legitimize the the league, and so I, I think that's definitely not to be understated. And now we'll see further on. They have that in their back pocket. Coca Cola signed with us last year. Toyota signed with us last year, and continue to sign with us. And this is the deal that we got. This is why they liked it. Are you in? Being able to say that in negotiation is is absolutely huge for bringing on more people in the future. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely a lot of good points there. Monkey Prince, what do you think? What do these uh, sponsorships mean for the league? I mean, obviously it's good in the sense that, you know, you need money to run the league and more sponsorship, more money, you know, more, more it's more sustainable. So that's good. But almost sort of like the, the opposite or the counterpoint to uh, what Mushibu was saying was that sort of what happens, you know, with a lot, there's, like I said, there's a lot of new sponsors coming out. You have Coca-Cola, you have State Farm, you have these pretty big names. Um, what happens if deals like this go poorly like right if um you know we have uh, a situation where like a, a brand makes a deal and at the end of it they're like well they, we didn't get our share out of it we thought we wasted money on that right so we're not going to partner anymore so that could potentially the opposite effect of now things are looking at, at this as like you know it, this is risky you know this is you know these guys got hurt on it so what so what about us mm-hmm. and so like i think that's a potential risk you have to have in mind and so i think you know it's obviously up to overwatch league sales team to sort of Make sure, like, when they're selling, you know, the brand to, um, you know, Overwatch League to these investors, that they're being honest, that they're saying, like, um, selling them on what it actually is rather than some sort of, like, uh, dream or some sort of, like, mm-hmm. you know, fantasy. And, like, because if you, sure, you may, it may benefit them in the short term, but mm-hmm. you mentioned these negative long term effects where um, if companies get screwed, it's going to be a warning to other companies. True. And I can tell someone just watched the Fire Festival uh, documentary on Netflix and also Hulu. <laughs> Check it out. No, I don't know. Why, why am I doing these random Sponsor ads? everybody. Yeah, sponsor, yeah. sponsored by G Fuel. Sponsored by G Fuel and Netflix and Blizzard. <laughs> I'm the Blevins. My my body is actually branded now. Uh, the official sponsor of Blevins. Uh, Volumel, last words here on the sponsorships. How are they going to affect the Overwatch League moving forward? 
before I become the ultimate villain of this podcast, I will say, Bob, you had a fantastic answer. I actually did not think of that, and I think yeah. that's actually very, very important. Um, Snaps do that. I think there is a level of social influence that is needed? Yes. Um, but I, I'm kind of tired of this legitimacy claim that we just need to be legitimate. Um, it, it gets tiresome. I think that Coke is cool. Like, yeah, having more money to throw at Owl is really cool. But again, to Monkey Prince's point, what are we going to do with it? What exactly is Coca-Cola getting out of this? Um, for instance, right? Let's let's talk about a deal going bad. Let's talk about Facebook, you know, trying to stream and getting into the streaming business. Now you've kind of burned a lot of people's, you know, habits. And, and that deal seems to be going okay for them. Like they're, they're re-signing with ESL, but... What happens when a deal goes poorly? What happens when the deal is mishandled? That's my big worry. And I think that, you know, having more sponsors and having that social influence is, is very important. That influence, I've, I've had to explain the Overwatch League to many different people. Mm -hmm. I just got back from a trip. I had to explain it to three uh, elderly white women. <laughs> it, it helped that things were, were noticeable. And yes, mm -hmm. there, there is social influence there, but I think it's massively overblown. Um, I think that we need to focus on the the not the inclusivity but the the outreach is very important mm -hmm. but building things for the fans and building things for you know people that we have right now is also incredibly important as well so um while i i think the owl uh, is leaning a little bit one way i think you know that balance out a little bit more again coke is very you know it's an incredible sponsorship but uh there there are a lot of counterpoints you know how do we handle this what do we do with it um and that needs to be addressed Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I, I agree, man. You, you guys all had really great points. Uh, except, I mean, Mushu stole his own point, uh, which, which <laughs> hamstring, <laughs> hamstringed him there. But uh, one thing I, I, I've been saying about sponsors, I'm generally like, man, I hate the whole idea of it, even though I'm literally selling out on this podcast myself. But I just like I get Coca-Cola. I get Sour Patch Kids. I get most of pretty much every sponsor that's been brought on so far mostly there might be a couple ones that i can't think of right now that are but like what i don't want to see is like uh uh like pepperidge farms the official strained beat of the overwatch league it's like <laughs> oh well they got a million dollars how, how like, far away are we from that though? exactly I mean, that's what i'm saying like sour patch kids but i, I mean sour patch like, kids okay, are at least so like in the same demographic kind like, of well, so yeah. coke wins out because coke because Coke is sold now everywhere, yeah, everywhere, every doing right. anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I agree with you. And we'll also be sold at the games too, which makes sense. But like, I'm just, I'm just weary about the like the world where it's like sure. the official insole of the of yes. the Overwatch League. It's like uh, okay. <laughs> also, I would like to note uh, for those of you who want to go back, uh, we do have the clip where Volmil says Coke is so Coke is cool. That is a clip that it now exists on the internet and is recorded. So. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, last question here in round number oh, two. Man. Uh, there was a lot of different reports. I saw a number yeah. of uh, different uh, reports of, of some different numbers for viewership. Uh, I, I won't go into specifics because there was we all, we had a little discussion beforehand that maybe some of these are off. But basically, we saw a lower number of uh, peak concurrent viewers for the first week mm -hmm. of Overwatch League. Uh, I think the average viewers overall was higher or around the same as, as we ended up seeing. 
Um, but nonetheless, not a huge, not a huge jump up, uh, which I think many people expected. Also, not a huge downfall either, which uh, I think some other people may have ex- have expected. But Musha, we'll start with you first. You know, mm-hmm. with all this, with uh, new expansion teams, a bunch of new money from new sponsorships uh, being entered and injected into the league. You know, what are these numbers? For good, bad, or, or whatever, and really not changing that much. What does that mean, uh, you know, for Overwatch uh, and its future? Yeah, so I think uh, just very quickly I'll address the because we were looking at the numbers and I was like, I don't know if that looks right. Like that, it's being reported it's 101k uh, concurrent average. Um, I think the way that 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 particular um, outlet that was e- that was esports observer yeah. by the way. So I, I think what they do because I'm remembering now that they had another article about contenders and it was like significantly lower than than it should have been. And it's because they integrate. They also account for the replays. We know when they do the rerun, they mm-hmm. account that as part of the overall equation too. So that's that's the uh, that's a big thing. Um, but I think the big one to look at though, which is true and and uh, what is was obvious this weekend was that I think it was like what. Over all of the languages, is 450,000 concurrent max peak mm-hmm. um, versus like 250k uh, concurrent max peak uh, across all the channels. If you add them up, they have Portuguese this year, the Korean this year, uh, uh, at least from the start. I know that the Korean is here. What does it mean though? Um, I think my expectation was somewhere around 300k, so it's definitely it would definitely lower in terms of peak than I thought it would be. But um, honestly, all it really tells us is I, I think the major thing here is that the 450k of beginning of last uh, season was an anomaly right mm-hmm. over so much hype and wind up about the overwatch league that was i think a year and a half mm-hmm. from uh, the opening day back from when it was announced it might have even been two years if i'm, I'm trying to think when was like was overwatch league announced it was, it was at least a year and a half. 20 16 16 no was it 16 yeah, 2016. 2016. Yeah, BlizzCon 2016. Wow, so it's been So you just picture that whole windup, right? And then this is the first franchise league. This is the first. Uh, they're first to all of these things. And so 400k, 450k was um, getting across like Twitch, MLG, um, in terms of streaming platforms, excluding China, because um, we, yeah, those numbers can get hairy. Um, and I guess, yeah, I guess for this one, what it just means for me is that there's not a significant drop off of viewership. And what needs to happen now at this point with all the new money, right? They're starting off from a, from a decent spot, right, in terms of viewership. But then how do we bring in new viewers? Mm-hmm. And so I want to see that money being used for, this is stuff we've talked about before, content that will bring people in, a hype going into each stage playoff, right? I think that was a really awesome point that Velma brought up earlier. Um, we just need it to see adjustments to make it more viewer-friendly for a general audience and then marketing to get to that general audience. Yeah, definitely a lot of good points there, man. It's it's tough. Uh, it, it's tough to come back from, or not come back from. It's tough to live that reality of like, hey, we didn't get the gigantic spike that we got from waiting for two years. But uh, I think your your points are, are definitely poignant, and the uh, level headed uh, people looking at the numbers are, are definitely uh, going to prevail mm-hmm. here. Monkey Prince, what do you think? Do, do these uh, you know not really a huge uh, significant change in numbers? What what do these mean to you? Um, for Overwatch League? I think with viewership, consistency is king. So like, while you saw like uh, for the first season, you did have that huge you know viewership thing uh, spike at the beginning, but then it sort of you know leveled off as the thing sort of like that 150k-ish um, average. And so like I think if we um, 
if we see a similar drop off, then we could be in trouble. Uh, but I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's more just like we start off more at our base level. And so if we're able to maintain, you know, 100, 100K, something like that, viewers, um, then I think that will be good because consistency is key when you're marketing to other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's for getting consistently on top of like the uh, Twitch list. Um, and so I think the consistency is the most important thing. And the only thing where I think peaks would be interesting is when looking at stage playoffs, mm. where if you are able to build hype for these events, it's like, okay, this is the moment when you have like all all the viewers are coming in, no matter what team they root for, they want to see the finals. It's the finals. Um, I think that'll be like that is important to make sure that you at least have a notable increase for those mm. over the rest of the season. I think as long as it's consistently good baseline, I think that's the most important thing. Mm. That really good point about the. Uh... The finals needing to bring in uh, a little spike there. Valmel, what do you think about these numbers, these viewership numbers for Overwatch League? I do think that this is more uh, attuned to what we should be expecting. I think, um, to Mushu's point, the season one opener when we peaked at these these crazy high numbers that nobody could have expected. Um, I think it makes sense in hindsight. Obviously, I think we all approach this with you know cautious optimism and you know. We, we wanted to, to, to be very bearish and, and bullish, and we wanted to be super excited, wherever the term is. I don't know investment. I'm not a business guy. I watch Overwatch. What can I say? <laughs> um, you know, we, we wanted it to be so cool. I don't think anybody expected it to be that cool, right? right? That big, that, that, that many people watching mm-hmm. across the world. Um, now, with Season 2's opener, yeah, I, I do think that the numbers are a little bit more uh, baseline, you know, uh, a little bit more average. But how do we get the the interest uh, again this goes back to uh, uh, an earlier question where i kind of hinted at exactly what i wanted to get into um two things i want to talk about from the topics that are the answers that mm-hmm. some of my fellow co-hosts had uh, brought up why was the peak lower we have to talk about that massive off season was there enough content i don't know not enough for my personal t- tastes i would have loved to see a little bit more from the overwatch league itself but it seems like they're outsourcing to the teams themselves mm-hmm. and giving them free reign to do it what they want again sometimes that's not necessarily the best idea you know uh, we do it here in philly i don't need to think i need to bring that up um consistency is king at monkey prince i think that's a, a very poignant quote when we look at big streamers why do we see big streamers successful because we learn to love them. We learn to, mm-hmm. to have this these these attachments. They're, they're kind of our buddies in a sense. The Overwatch League, not the teams, I think the teams have, a, have enough to deal with. They have to schedule a whole lot, but the Overwatch League needs to help kind of humanize them and make mm-hmm. them f- not friendly, but, you know, increase the banter, let the players talk. You know, Cruz mm-hmm. has come, come out, Christopher has come out. They, they, they want to talk that ish. They want to start messing around <laughs> with people. They want to create that drama that people are looking for. Mm-hmm. Again, it's about drama. It's about drawing that attention and keeping that consistency. Definitely, definitely want to see more ish spat in the Overwatch League. That is for sure. Bob, last words here. What do these numbers mean to you for Overwatch League coming into this season two? Well, I just want to start by saying the audio lists, uh, listeners, you really are missing out because every time Volum, every time Volumel talks, he uses his pen like a magic (laughs) wand and moves it around like. And just mesmerizes <laughs> you, and you're missing out on this by not coming to the live stream. I think it's like orchestrating me to give him more points, and I think it's working. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, <laughs> like all over the place. Plus one. But it's either that or one, I spin in my chair. One. For those of you, can't which is exactly see. what I do. Everybody knows that. I'm just like rocking back and forth. You, you go, Cadence. But uh, 
So, I mean, honestly, did we really expect to have that 450K number? I mean, come on. Like, there's, there is there is no way. Like, like, everybody else has just pointed out it was a new thing. It was the new hotness. Everybody checked it out. And you and you did see last year, week two, it went down to about a about a hundred k, and that's what it kind of that's what it kind of sat at, and then by the end of stage four, it was sitting around seventy k. I mean, I watched literally every game almost. I might have skipped some mayhem and and Shanghai games, but <laughs> like it literally was that. And so for it to come back. And I watched it the entire week. I per I personally never saw it below 150k mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. NA Twitch. But for it to come back and have 200 to 150k watching on NA Twitch when there's different stuff on TV, on TV and everything else, I mean, I think it's a win. What we're going to have to worry about is next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this that that goes back to the point of uh, consistency for sure. So we'll definitely going to see. I know we'll at least have uh, five viewers uh, sitting here watching for sure. <laughs> but that is going to bring us to the end of round number two as we go into the buy or sell round number three, which is going to be a lightning fast one. We're running a little little late on time here, but that's okay. Quick recap of the scores. We're, we're seeing some we're seeing some divisions here. Uh, rounding Ooh. out the back, Mushu taking a little bit of a dive with 46 Oof. points. Bob Oof. in third with 49. Monkey Prince with 50. Volamel pulling ahead with 51. Still very close here. Still anybody's game as we go into round number three. The payload is approaching its destination. Round number three, of course, is the buy or sell round. Buy means agree. Sell means disagree. Monkey Prince, will start with you. Buy or sell. The expansion teams up the competition in the Overwatch League. Uh, I'm definitely buying this. I think the big thing is that they brought sort of their regional specialities uh, to the Overwatch League. So obviously, most mm-hmm. obvious one, EU with GOATS. Paris sort of brought that you know, knowledge of how EU plays GOATS. And you know now they're able to scrim the other teams. The other teams have learned from them. They're up in the level of goods, but but even beyond that, you know, you have um, what's a guard from London, right? Mm-hmm. Korea is really known for their sophomore play, at least for Henry season one, and so he's bringing that knowledge here. And I'm sure all the teams are analyzing his play and trying to figure out how to use his sophomore play to on their games. Or China, you know, with Ameng and Hammond, right? You know, I remember teams mentioned like he is such an insane Hammond, and so the same thing. All the teams are analyzing him, trying to figure out what does he do, where does he swing. Where does he slam? Mm-hmm. And like by having all these different regions, all the different specialities, and be able to combine them, um, you get all sort of the best of all worlds, and, uh, and all the teams learning from each other. Mm-hmm. Def- definitely a good point there. Volmo, buy or sell these expansion teams up in the up in the ante here. I can't buy this any harder than uh, I think anybody else can. I've been yelling about this on my tiny, tiny little soapbox for as long as I can. Um, I think seasons one scouting, um, I will say it. I think it was a little suspect. I think there was a lot of talent uh, tucked away in Korea that were hidden gems that people just were either negligent in scouting or maybe there was some some business acumen that it was a little bit too much money to you know process the visa. I get that. I understand that. You know, If that is the case, that's understandable but there there is a lot of talent still packed in europe and still packed in korea that still can be brought over mm-hmm. even to this day 
we talk about how how young some of the the players are that play this game. This is this is this is kind of marketed to children in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like some sort of gory, bloody mess. So it doesn't really surprise me that there's you know like players like Shy and Leave and and Who Are You and mm-hmm. Blister that are that are 15, 16 playing this game that could be world beaters. No, it doesn't surprise me. So even going into season three, I think the expansion teams for season three taking that churn up of talent are going to improve the league overall. So yes, this is a massive buy. Hmm. De- definitely agree with you there, Bob. Buy or sell these expansion teams? Raising raising it up. I'm gonna have to buy and. I think Palomel hit it on the head. I think there was a ton of 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 talent that wasn't grabbed early on. I think there was a lot of NA uh NA talent grabbed up early and spending the week at the arena with all the different media outlets. I can't tell you how many of them skipped out on non-English speaking interviews because they didn't want to deal with the translators and that's something teams might have thought of. And a lot of teams tried to bring, you know, my boys in blue tried to bring in, you know, different streamer talent to like to 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 like bring the hype up mm-hmm. rather than getting the best players that they could possibly get. So I I I think definitely the expansion teams upped it up. And I think we only what, we only had like two four O's the entire first week and we had so many game game fives. Mm-hmm. So I think the I think it definitely has upped it up, and I'm looking forward to more parity in the league going into season two. Mm, definitely, Mushu. Last words here: expansion teams buy or sell the uh, increase in uh, competition here. Yeah, I mean, I think this question is about what is our baseline, right? And I would say that the level of competition that the expansion teams brought. Or what I would expect from Overwatch League, and I think it was more that the teams that were already there, like the the over, pre-existing Overwatch League teams, that weren't bringing it as hard. I and I think it's there are a lot of reasons why that could have been, um, but the games are definitely like super competitive, right? And and so I think it's more question is more about like what's our reference here. And so I talk a little bit more about like the pre-existing Overwatch League teams. Uh, looking at this meta now, like we all know, it's the the three three, it's goats, and so there might be a lot of uh, discomfort. And for the teams that especially didn't, um, or just had had players like you know, you look at Fleta, Fleta on Brig, like is he going to be able to bring the skill set of why he was brought on originally in the first place to this composition? Like they have to play completely differently, right? It's it's less about the mechanical skill and more about understanding um, how to work together as a collective conscience, right? So I think these pre-existing Overwatch League teams are being challenged in a way they haven't been challenged before. Um, and that it's showing, and whereas the teams that are coming in and have a huge amount of contenders players, <clears throat> uh, friend, <clears throat> Eagle Gaming, who <laughs> mastered goats, mm-hmm. and now are bringing it in here, and it's like, hey man, you heard Ben Best name before, you're gonna keep hearing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's how I feel about that. Mm. A lot of really great points. Didn't say buy or sell, so I gotta take. I gotta take oh, away spy! From you. No, um, it's too late. It's too late. The council has spoken. Man, you had wait, so wait, many wait, tricks. Can I pander? Can yes. I pander? <laughs> uh, it's actually impressive that you have a, all of these. Yeah, three you just have them ready. I don't even remember when. When was that picture even taken? Uh, I do, but I, no, I, I know. Uh, it was. That would be 2017 <laughs> BlizzCon because you yeah, were wearing that same outfit when we hung out. <laughs> no, that was, that was only just last year. That was, was last year. year. 
Oh, I, I was about to say college. Bob has like an amazing exactly. memory if he can just remember the exact year at the exact event. Yeah, see, you fun. see the stripes there? That that was last year's that jersey. Last year's but he's oh, always, but no, no, this failed. is the, this is the old he, one. I have the old one. He has the old one. I was fortunate. I have the new one. Yep. Okay. So okay. What I <laughs> what I will leave it to is the fact that the pandering is not getting your points back for uh, a hard fast rule buy and sell. Uh, <laughs> the, the 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 fans would never let me live that one down, but. Let's move on here. Uh Valmel, I'm I'm so happy to start with you. I'm so one. happy. I because this is this one's this one's just straightforward. Buy or sell that Houston sucks. <laughs> I I don't I, I really don't want to kick a dead horse, you know what I mean? Like I don't I don't want to dogpile. Houston's in the news. I I don't think they're they're capable on this meta. Um, if there is a meta change, I think they have the tools. They have a lot of different tools, but they're still behind the eight ball. Mm. They they have flexibility. It's just paired off uh, sporadically. They don't have a single player that they can kind of keep in. Dante has improved on this roster. I will omit that point. He has looked very good. I have liked the return of Coolmat. Coolmat looks very, very good on the Diva. Everybody else, though, Goats is just not your thing. Um <laughs> I'm sorry. Houston Houston later on in the season could be very good. As of right now, not so much. Gotcha. Well, I uh yeah. That's uh, that was a very PC way of uh of hard, <laughs> of hard buying. Got it. Uh, Bob, <laughs> buying or selling Houston just being the dumpster. I'm going to sell. Uh I I'm going to sell with specific reasons. Dante was a great grab. Dante, I mean to to trade for a player and then he's going to start every game. It's huge. He is one of the best Sombras in the league. But you have to play Jake. Jake can play Sombra, guys. Just because he can't – or it's not Sombra, Brig. Just because mm-hmm. he can't play Tracer, he can play he, he can play Brig. He's won every match that he has been in so far, week one. And he, if you watch him, he's talking the entire time. Yes. So why take the captain out? I, I uh, say I will sell as long as you play Jake. Hmm. And also selling because your wife will run in the room and smack you if you didn't. But <laughs> oh no 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 no! I never I never give up. Like in like sure, in, in, sure, in sure. fact, if she was on the show, I probably would have bought. <laughs> Love it, uh, Mushu. Buy or sell. Make sure you pick one. I'll give you that reminder here. All right, Houston Thank sucks. You. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you for that. Mm, I'm gonna say uh, I want to be spicy. But I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell this because I think what I saw out of Houston this first time, yes, we know that they're not comfy in goats. I saw a little residual effects of, of uh, I don't know, Muma just going in kind of crazy on his own. Like, well, mm-hmm. where's, where's the – the communication is so much more important here, mm-hmm. right? On uh, It's because they won't let him play some Metra. <laughs> yeah i guess maybe that's maybe that's a maybe when you're right word. you're right bob you're, yeah. when you're right you're right yeah bob yeah, yeah. i mean he give him the point that's yeah oh yeah, yeah, that's, there's a point bob, there for bob, bob points here. <laughs> um so i mean what i want to see out of uh out of out of houston is they well they need to fix a lot right and mm-hmm. i think it's within their think they're within their ability to one thing i'm really worried about with regards to jake right you have one vocal leader it's actually Everyone always says like, "Oh, it's really good to have a vocal leader." They'll in-game call, right? But how much uh, 
having only one person calling is actually can be really detrimental too. And I wonder if Houston is struggling with that. Is with you only have if you, even if when Jake is in, having only one vocal leader who has one sixth of the vision of the entire team, that can be a problem here. Mm-hmm. And I look at the rest of the squad. Um, I don't think I don't think they suck because we're gonna have to see if someone step up. Like I'm looking at like can Rockus call right? Can I don't know. Uh, Honestly, I, I think that's like where I'd be looking at next is the flex support. So that would be on Ruckus or maybe on on Bonnie. But uh, they need to fix their communication, and that's the thing that scares me most. Is that maybe it is that they've been relying on one vocal leader mm-hmm. um, to to make those calls, or Muma just like straight up caring, right, C- commanding the lead from the from the front line. So that's what I'm looking yeah. at. Yeah, but I mean, it's not just that. I mean, Jake's giving everybody high like 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 high fives when mm-hmm. they win. He's energy. You know what I mean? And everybody seems to talk more when Jake's there, too. True. A lot of good points. We do have to rush through this uh, this real quick. But um, Monkey Prince, what do you think? Buy or sell? Houston sucks. I'm going to buy. And I think is that they suck in a very a unique way. Because I don't think it's really about their mechanical skill. They're not like top five mechanical skill, right? They're not like the gods, but they're not as bad as this makes them seem. Or like Synergy. They they play pretty well together, like especially like the Hammond comps and like the anti goats comp. They look pretty good on those comps. It's just that um, they just like throw sometimes. Like <laughs> they choose Reaper. They just like they uh, stay on the composition no matter what. You know they um, use ultimates weirdly. It's just like they make all these other decisions. I'm like I just don't get what they're doing. I don't know if it's a like a coaching thing or whether it's some individual on the roster just stresses out or whether it's a, uh, like. I mean, them as a whole don't do well, but like there's something off about the roster, and it's very hard it. to pick apart what it is. So I know I know you're in a rush, Blevins, but Linkser act like actually told us that he was the one that made the call mm-hmm. on the uh, on the Reapers switch, and he and he felt horrible about it. But yeah. I, that was just some insider imp- I, information I thought I'd throw in. I, I also uh, talked about there, there's a world where like a couple of small things change and Linkser actually pops off with Reaper and everyone starts running Reaper on that point at the, like to break that defense. But, you know, it, 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 it's it, it's whatever. I mean, I didn't say it was this world. I said that there <laughs> is a world. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but let's move on here. Uh, cutting a couple uh, questions here for time, but we are going to move on to everyone's favorite part. That, of course, is the very last question, which is the meme question. And <laughs> we're going to start it off with you, Bob. Buy or sell Monte Cristo's mustache? Buy, 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 triple buy. It's oh, I almost, I almost dropped it. It is badass. I did not pull a taco. I just left. Oh, and taco. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I almost said it, but yeah, it is. Uh, it is great, and I don't think that any other casters could pull it off. Monty pulls it off, though. Mm-hmm. I could see Uber with a with a mustache, but not. Oh no, no, please don't, please don't, no, no. Uber, if you're listening, please grow it out. Uh, Mushu, what do you say? Buy or sell Monty's mustache? I mean, I, I loved it. I loved it, but it's gone now. It's in the trash, or it's in the rubbish, or it's or it's, it's in the bin. It. Yeah, it's in the bin. Hundred uh, percent buy. I think it was. Uh, I wonder how much Monty actually liked it, or how much he did it because he wanted people to be mad at him. He wanted to torment Susie. <laughs> Probably. Definitely. Monkey Prince, buy or sell the illustrious Monte Cristo mustache. I'm gonna sell. 
it's just like I don't know. It's just like whenever you go to the broadcast, you know, maybe you just you just like there was another cast pair, and then all of a sudden you see Monty, and all of a sudden it, it appears, and you're like, <laughs> oh, like just completely throws you off, and it's like, you know, takes takes you out of the second. It's like, oh wait, I forgot forgot he had a mustache. And to be fair, like by the end of the week, I was like, I remember this. I'm sure when I go back to the broadcast now, it's gonna be like, wait, he doesn't have a mustache. He looks so weird now because you know we've yeah. been seeing it for the past month. So the the hot take. Up. The hot take with the sell. Valmel, last words here. Buying or selling that sweet, sweet Monte Cristo mustache? So I followed Monty's career for uh, uh, quite a bit now. Um, you know, back when he blew the train whistles for the Korean hype train in League <laughs> of Legends. Um, seeing this fuzzy caterpillar on his face and him transforming into the country music star known only as Garth Cristo. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I feel about Garth Cristo. <laughs> Wouldn't I'm gonna sell. I'm gonna sell Garth Cristo. You guys can have my box tickets. I will not be there every event. Um, the country music star, formerly known as Monte Cristo, will be replaced by Garth Cristo. No. Love it, love it, love it. Oh man, a lot of hot takes on the on the mustache here. I thought it was gonna be. I thought it was gonna be. Uh, uh, easy buys all the way around so i love it but that is going to bring us to the end of round number three right before we go into that final question quick recap here we're gonna have to let two of you go and not advance to the final stage unfortunately despite a strong despite a strong start mushu fourth place with 66 points Bob taking his own personal win at third place with 68 points. But that means Volamil and Monkey Prince are in to the final round with 69 points as we move into that last question here. Of course, this question does not have points. You are uh, campaigning. You're picking an answer and campaigning for the other two guests, Bob and Mushu, you need to convince them. And if they can't come to a consensus winner, I get to pick. But the uh, question here, the topic here is going to be, give me one sleeper pick team. Give me a team that you think is a sleeper pick to be a stage one standout. The coin flip here is Can I just volunteer to Monkey to go first? Uh, no, you can't. The coin flip here is going to be Monkey's going first anyway. <laughs> Monkey, you, you are first here. Who is your sleeper pick? I said I think depends on what definition of sleeper you use, but I'm gonna go with the Valiant. Um because like going like based on the game, like you have Kuki as main support, that seems like a very odd decision. You have Carice, which you mentioned DPS. They obviously lost their first game against the Spark. Um but I think I still have faith in this team because this team always they're very good at playing uh, clean, they're good at like knowing the rotations. At least from last year, you know they they played a very standard style. I think they could potentially bring that, you know, to to this season and, and bring this very like clean, efficient style. And like also if you look at their coaching staff, they have Packing Ten on there, who's the coach of Angry Titans from EU, a team that from uh, intensive purposes was a pretty good you know goods team. And so he could potentially bring that knowledge from EU to here, you know, give them more time, once they have more time to sort of examine it, and then they can sort of get you know, kooky, chalk calling down, and you know, everything together, they could potentially, you know, improve and improve, improve and if they can the stage playoffs, you know, potentially make, uh, do well there. Hmm. We have an L.A. Valiant pick here. I like it. Volmil, who's your sleeper pick for stage one? So I will not be pandering 
to the Toronto Defiant. Uh, <laughs> God bless uh, Panda Boy and his <laughs> Panda sweet, Bear. Sweet, sweet, sweet statistics. Uh, good friend of mine. But I will be going with probably the most talked about team, at least uh, going into this, uh, the, uh, the Spark. Mm. The Spark are a team that many people who don't know them won't be entirely too high. I think we're, we're building an expectation from what a lot of people say, and that expectation might not have been met on week one when they debuted. But when we talk about Toronto and we talk about Dallas and, and you're starting to hear about these players that have these nerve issues, this is a, this is a team that hasn't been playing all that, that on these, these huge stages before. So if we can talk about nerves with them, can we talk about nerves with the spark? And I think that probably made Valiant and it's beautiful that monkey Prince points this out. Um, I, I think that actually boosted Valiant up a little bit. If, if spark are supposed to be these, these world beaters that everybody's, you know, close to these teams are talking about how, how sick this team is. That, that doesn't bode well for their season. I think Spark are going to really surprise people. I think uh, players like Nosmite, Gusha, IDK, Godsby, Rhea, they're going to be household names by the end of the season. Uh, it is the Spark for me as the sleeper pick. The not-so-sleeper pick, but still you know, slightly drowsy pick. Well, we will accept both of them. There was an auto-lose if someone wanted to take the angle that uh, NYXL didn't come up to a, a strong start and they were going to be a sleeper pick for a round. I was, I was putting the button. You're out of here. Uh, but no one picked it. No one picked the auto-lose here. So, Bob, we'll start with you. Who are you picking? Are you picking Volamil with the Hangzhou Spark or Monkey Prince with the LA Valiant for the sleeper pick? Well, if we're just going by the information that we got week one, Last week, Balamel would have got my uh, vote, but this week the Monkey Prince is going to have to get it because Valiant did some weird, weird stuff, and it worked out, kind of didn't work out. They could have won their second match if they just didn't get shattered twice in a row while their Zarya had uh, Grav, mm -hmm. and so it was... Uh, I'm going to have to go with the Monkey Prince because I think Spark proved this uh, week one that they are a contender. Last mm. week, though, Volamel would have for sure won. Mm. Definitely. Definitely a, uh, a good pick there. Mushu, you have the potentially deciding vote here. Are you going with the LA Valiant and Monkey Prince or the Spark with Volamel? You are muted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to go with Volmel because okay. this guy right here, until everyone is singing his praises, <laughs> is an underdog. He is the, I mean, he is the, the sleeper pick. People don't know his power, Volmel. They had a World Cup. They had a 2-0 start right now. I know he doesn't always play, but you know what? He's going to be part of, uh, i got to go with Volmel here. I mean, mm -hmm. I think this is the squad that... Uh, people are going to go, if you're going to ask for the power rankings, people are going to still say Valiant over the Spark. And uh, maybe partly because I want you to make the call. <laughs> well, I will point <laughs> out that you were you were talking about stealing Valmel's crown before, and you literally had the ability to do it here, and you, and you chose not to. <laughs> but Okay, so here's my reasoning here. I do think that if you asked me a month ago... If you ask me many weeks ago, I think that uh, 
Spark would be the easy answer here. I think, you know, I, I didn't know a lot about them. Uh, obviously, you know, they've, they've shown a lot. But, man, maybe it's just because I know a lot of people and watch and watch a lot of content. I hear nothing but Spark is amazing. Spark is great. Spark are going to kill everyone. Spark is this. Spark is fantastic. I don't even see them as, as, a, as an underdog. I see, I've seen multiple people put them in their top five. I don't think they're sleeping. I think people are way high on them, myself included. So I, I got to go with Monkey Prince here uh, uh, with the L.A. Mm-hmm. Valiant. I do think that even though they were a great team in season one, uh, you know, L.A. Valiant and even before that, Immortals have never really been that number one team. They've always been kind of that like top of middle tier, bottom of top tier type of team. And uh, I think they they came out to a little bit of a slow start here. And I really do think that they uh, are a little bit more of a sleeper. So Monkey Prince, you get to bask in your glory here. The shout outs, the shout outs uh, and the sellouts can ensue. The floor is yours, sir. Uh, since I don't have much to sell for myself, I may as well sell for someone else, though. Contenders is actually coming up season one. I'm not sure the dates are exactly known yet, but it's soon, a couple weeks. And uh, if you want to catch up on Contenders and, and Trials and who's coming in, Blackwatch Report is, is a good place to wa- find out, so go check them out. Def- definitely a valiant uh, shout-out there for Blackwatch Report. But, guys... That is going to be it. Great show, everyone. Thank you. Huge thanks to Blazing Bob, Musha Beef, Monkey Prince, and Volamel for coming back on. <laughs> my God, Volamel, Musha Beef. Just, how many but how many presets do you have, Mike? <laughs> my God, he's got thousands of pictures over here. Dog, dog means legit. Half dog, half man. Oh God, yeah. so so good. But thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks, everyone, in the chat. Thank you to all the podcast listeners. I'm going to have the. Uh, socials for everyone in the description below. Make sure you go follow all these people. And uh, guys, we will catch you next time around the payload. Bye!